Hello, Space Bees. I'm Renee. And I'm Anna. And you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour Question Tuesday Edition. Welcome to an experiment we're trying where we answer real questions from real space bees on Tuesday of off weeks. The way this works is that we're going to answer some questions from space bees. This week we have one question and then we're going to ask each other questions, which I know everybody's excited about to hear us talk more about ourselves. So let's get started. Our very first question for our Question Tuesday is from Ira. Everybody might know Ira because they are one of my lady business editors and they are super smart. Luckily, they asked us a very easy question. What's a memorable moment from when you were learning English? The first time ever when I started learning English at school, I was 10 years old and that's fifth grade in Brazil. And that's when you start learning English at school. I had a test two months into it. And up until that point, I was a 10 out of 10 student. In Brazil, we don't, we give grades uh, between one and 10 and not A or B or C or anything like that. That's not how we grade in Brazil. So up until that point, I've had always had nines and tens. I was a star student. And for the first time ever, I had a five and I felt sick because it was such a shock to my system. Obviously, I was one, terrible at something, English. And then two, my mother didn't even have to do anything. I locked myself in my bedroom to study for another test that I had the next day, geography. And I studied straight and I punished myself by not eating. What? I know. And I studied from 12 until midnight straight. And then I had a a 10 in that geography test eventually. But I just couldn't leave with myself with that five in English. So that's my earliest memory of English. Failure is your most memorable moment learning. Well, I feel like that's accurate for learning in a language. Like the moment you fail at something so utterly that you're like, fuck. Yeah, exactly. That was the first time where I failed at something, at school especially, because I was such a good student and I was really proud of being a good student. I was always very like, good, goody two shoes. It was really shocking. And then afterwards, I just caught up and eventually English also became a really good grade for me. Those first moments, those first months, obviously, I didn't understand anything. (laughs) That's okay. I've tried to learn Spanish so many times and I can't get I don't understand grammar in mm. English. I don't understand how it works. Everybody is like, Renee, you're such a great writer. You you must be great at punctuation and grammar and style and all these other things. But no, you ask me to diagram it sometimes I'm gonna be like, Fuck off. <laughs> I don't I don't know how grammar works in English. I don't know how it works. I don't somebody was like, Name an adjective, I'm like, What <laughs> That's literally what happens. I freeze because I don't know how to name the parts of a sentence. 
I can get nouns. Nouns are okay. I was like, proper noun. But I had to think about it. I don't naturally know the parts of a sentence. So when I moved to Spanish, and you kind of need to know the parts of a sentence, you have to understand the grammar and how the sentences are structured. Because everything is like backwards. Like, instead of saying red ball, you say ball red. And my brain hated that. It hated it. And I could never, I could never do it. I would fail tests all the time in Spanish because I was just like, fuck, this language is too hard. <laughs> it's not actually too hard. English is hard. And because I've just always spoken English, I didn't start early enough with languages. I started too late. College is too late for me. Because it reminds me of like math, kind of. Because there's like specific rules and like there's formulas for things, but you have to remember them. And I'm just like, Spanish, y'all. Nope. I mean, I, I have, I can kind of understand you if you talk really slow. And sometimes Zach will walk through the house and he'll be like, blah, 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 in Spanish. And I'm just like, what the fuck did you just say? He was way better at it than I was. We were in Spanish class together and he had like an A and I had like a D. <laughs> Nothing is more embarrassing than taking a class with your partner and have, having them realize how stupid you are in a specific subject. That is not a memorable moment from when I was trying to learn English, but it was a memorable moment <laughs> from when I was trying to learn Spanish. But I do have a memorable moment from when I was trying to learn English. Well, not English specifically, because, I mean, I learned it really early. And I don't remember that far back, because I was, like, three. But when I was in first grade, we were learning how to, like, write sentences. And the backstory to this is that I went to the same school that my dad did. It was a very small town. And my uncle was the principal at that elementary school, my dad's brother. And there were some sentences on the board, and we had to write sentences down, copy them onto our paper, and turn them in. And I competed with the guy sitting next to me, the, the boy, who is faster at our, our work competitions. And so I finished my sentences, and I turned them in. And then I got called back to the desk. And my teacher was like, you forgot, your, you forgot four periods. You didn't follow the directions. I had forgotten to put the periods at the end of my sentences. I was really bad about punctuation. For, for a really long time, I was really, really bad at punctuation. Until like third or fourth grade. And then I got obsessive about it. And now I use commas so much that they squeal in horror when they see me coming. And so she sent me to the principal's office. She sent me to the principal's office for not putting these periods under residences. What? He set me in the office and he made me hold the paddle and lecture me about how bad I was. This is my uncle, by the way. Oh my god. How is that good teaching? Well, it wasn't teaching at all. It was just threatening. What the hell? I mean, I got a lot of that treatment when I would get stuff wrong or do stuff, like, quote-unquote wrong, because teachers didn't want to punish me because they were too afraid of my dad. So they would send me away, or they wouldn't deal with me at all. Why would you need punishing for not adding periods I mean, I, at I, I the would, end of a sentence? I feel like I would love to go back and be like, Dear Velda Sibley, why did you do this? But I think she's dead. <laughs> this is an awesome beginning for a horror story. A lot of ways, I think that was like the root of me being afraid to be wrong. Cause uh, well, I wouldn't be surprised. School now seems so different to me, like especially school for younger kids, because people like you're almost encouraged to be wrong. Being wrong, you you're wrong and then you try again. You're wrong and then you try again. But when I was in school in the eighties and then er, in, the, in the nineties, being wrong was bad. If you failed, if you were wrong. You were just a failure. And that was the rhetoric that I kind of went through. I wonder if it was the same thing in Brazil then, because that would make sense as to why I internalized that fear of being wrong and, and having such a horrible grade 
to the point where I had to punish myself for it. I don't learn that well under those conditions. That's my formative learning English story. Everybody's like sitting at heart going, Wow, that's shit. terrible. <laughs> we thought we were going to get like an extra cool episode every Tuesday that would be like super fun. But no, look at these girls. Look at us with our horror stories about horror stories. Oppressive about society. <laughs> that I think everybody would like to hear would like to know because we talk about fanfiction quite a lot mm-hmm. and we just want to know well me I would like to know I'm curious to to hear how how many words in average do you read of fanfiction every week would you say I read fanfic really fast because I do a lot of rereading are we counting rereading here yes of course I mean, I would say that in an average week, I probably read or reread the equivalent of six to seven novels worth of fanfic every week. Your silence is epic. I flatlined. But you also read novels on top of this. Yeah. That's amazing. This is another reason why, like, I really want you to read fanfic, but I know that if I got you into fanfic, that Thea might fly to Arkansas and knock on my door and put her hands around my neck and throttle me to death. I've had, I've worked this out in my head, like, shit, does she know my address? Maybe. I mean, I don't want your publishing company to go under because I need you to publish things. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Fan fiction for a long time was like my main source of literature. And for a lot of people, I know they don't even read novels anymore. They don't even read books anymore. They just read fanfic. And that's totally legit because there's a lot of great stuff out there. Yeah, I I do read a lot. Sometimes like I will go through spells while I'm too busy. Like I'm working on other stuff and I don't read anything fanfic wise. So some weeks I'm not reading anything. So if you, it probably comes out even because the weeks I'm on and reading fanfic, I probably read like tons, but then when I'm off and I'm busy, I'm not reading anything at all. So it would come out to, you know, two to three books a week if you did it, if you averaged it out over the whole year. And it also depends right. on if I'm in a new fandom. When Captain America the Winter Soldier came out, it was all fanfic all the time. It was, it was hundreds of thousands of words of fanfic every week because there was a new fanfic and everybody was writing in that fandom. So there was new stuff to read every hour almost. I haven't heard you talking about um, Captain America's Civil War fanfiction that much. Not mm-hmm. as much as the Winter Soldier. No, because I like Tony Stark. And when you like Tony Stark and you're vocal about it, the people who don't like Tony Stark, who've been determined to demonize him and make him an antagonist, they're not nice to you. That's uh, bullshit. I've seen the way that people come at the Tony fans on Tumblr, and it is disturbing. Wow. It's, it's really scary. The way, like, just how aggressive and antagonistic they are. And so it's really, really hard if you're like me... And you like kind of OT3, Steve, Tony, and Bucky, because I do. And so I just don't talk about it as much because I don't want to get yelled at. I'll just be real. Right. I don't. Okay. I love Tony Stark to a distraction. I love that character so much. And 
I love Steve the same amount, but it's cool to like Steve. Steve's a hero, but but Tony Stark is the evil, entitled white guy, and if you like him, you're a bad person. It's just the kind of rhetoric that you see on Tumblr, so I just don't talk about it as much. I do Rick Fick, though. Do you feel educated? I feel educated, yes. Thank you for answering my question. great question for you actually i don't travel at all i mean i've been to texas and i've driven to california and now i've been to oregon and i've gone to virginia and i think i went a tiny sliver into mexico once but otherwise i just have not traveled i don't do a lot of traveling because number one it's expensive and number two i have extremely horrible social anxiety that makes it hard for me to travel period but you you grew up in brazil and now you live in the UK and you travel all the time and you make it seem so fun. So I want to know the best place that you have ever traveled. Oh my goodness, that I have traveled a lot. I know. Or you can pick a top three if that would make it easier. Okay, top three. When you first asked, the first place that came to my mind was Turkey. I really, really loved going to Turkey. And especially, so my trip to Turkey was like hardcore. We flew into Istanbul and then I somehow managed to find online bus tickets, overnight bus tickets to the other side of the country in a place called Cappadocia, where they have this really amazing wind formation and rocks. And it used to be a place where early Christians hid from uh, the Turks that invaded the country and they built churches inside those rocks and it's really hard to get into them but it was just one of the most fascinating places that I have been to and we went on a balloon ride at 5 a.m in the morning over the rock formations and that was absolutely terrifying but also brilliant. Then I think my other favorite place was Disney <laughs> in Orlando. That was so cool. I loved it, especially Harry Potter world. I cried when I went to Hogsmeade and inside um, Hogwarts, the, the Hogwarts ride they have. It was just so amazing. I would love to go back. And it was really cool because on that same holiday, we went to Cape Canaveral. And we saw the second to last shuttle flying into orbit. There was only one shuttle then after that that flew. So that was pretty awesome. And I would say my third place is England. I just love traveling in England. We go around so much everywhere. I've been to so many places here. We just like driving and going to different towns. We are members of English Heritage and the National Trust, so we can get inside all sorts of attractions you have from medieval ruins and aristocratic mansions, and you have workhouses. It's just fantastic. It, it's, it really appeals to the history buffing me. And the National Trust also has a lot of protected nature reserves, and we love hiking and walking, so we do that a lot too. Those are my three 
favorite ones. Do you want to hear about my most disappointing trip of my life? Oh no, I'm afraid. What was it? Was Egypt. Egypt, really? Yes. I would think that would be so much fun though. Like you wouldn't believe I spent my entire childhood dreaming about Egypt. I wanted to be an Egyptologist. It was so heartbreaking for me because I wanted to be an archaeologist to become an Egyptologist, but there wasn't archaeology in Brazil at all in any universities. So I couldn't. So when we, tr when we moved here, we, we saved the money and I went and it was just so disappointing. You don't understand the mass, the, the, um, the Egyptian Museum of Cairo. It was just heartbreaking, I think, because you expect to see all of those things and they were just piled up on top of each other. And there was, you, you, you didn't understand what you were seeing and you can see the disregard and, Nothing was well taken care of. I mean, of course, you go to the Valley of the Kings and it was amazing. and But it, it was just so messy and disorganized. And it was heartbreaking, I think. And then we got really, really ill too. And we got ripped off in our the tour that we booked. We booked to see the pyramids. We booked this amazing sounding tour and it was very expensive. And the tour was... Two hours inside a perfume shop and then 20 minutes to see the pyramids and then two seconds to drive past the Sphinx. So that was my most heartbreaking, disappointing trip of my life. I did camp in the desert, though. That why was cool. Would, why would you camp in the desert? We booked this thing where you just go on a four by four and you drive into the Sahara and you have these amazing dunes and there's just no one. It was just the two of us and our guide slash driver. And he cooked dinner for us and he prepared this open tent and you would just sleep under the stars in the desert. There wasn't, there wasn't a toilet. There wasn't a bathroom and I had my period. Um, so I can tell, I can tell you that my DNA is in Egypt because I had to bury it in the sand. I'm out of sleeping in the <laughs> desert. Do not want. It was amazing, though. It was really cool. I'll just buy a skylight. It'll be fine. It was quite the experience. These are my experiences traveling. I just, I really, really love to travel. That's the thing that I have most in common with my partner, too. And we just like to travel a lot. And the good thing about England is that everything is so cheap. To travel here. If I was in Brazil, I would never be able to do any of that. Europe is smaller, and in my head, it's much bigger, but it's not that big. No, it's so, and it's so cheap too. Like the flights are much cheaper. Even traveling in traveling in Egypt was so cheap, and we traveled cheap too because I organized the trip and we stayed at hostels and like really cheap hotels, and it was like. It was $2 per day, our hotel. Wow. The exchange rate is just unbelievable. I mean, and the food there is really cheap too. Everything in there is cheap. The, the most expensive thing is the ticket to get there because, of course, it's a long flight. But in many ways, Egypt, Egypt reminded me of Brazil too because of the mess. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was so sad. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I was just really, I mean, I've always dreamt of going to the Cairo Museum, to the Egyptian Museum of Cairo. And when I got there, it was just, I can't, I can't begin to to describe to you. It's just such a mess. Things just piled on top of each other. All of those treasures. 
and I know that there's a, there's a lot of historical, economical, and political explanations for all of that that are understandable, but it's also but it doesn't mean it's not heartbreaking. What a great end to this experiment. A heartbreaking story about Egypt's museum. This whole segment was fairly sad, wasn't it? That's okay. That's what it's here for, for us to have feelings. And that's it for our first Question Tuesday experiment. Anna, thank you for answering questions with me. Thank you for answering my question, too. It's been a pleasure, as always. Our music today was by Boxcat Games, and our instrumentals were about Juki Music. The cool art that you see when you download us is by Ira, and you can commission them at justyira.tumblr.com or find them on Twitter at It's Just Ira. If you want to ask us a question to be answered on Question Tuesday, you can email us at fangirlhappyhour at gmail.com, or you can put it in our Tumblr ask box, or you can ask on Twitter. There are many ways to reach us, so check our show notes. And speaking of Twitter, if you want more of us between episodes, you can find us on Twitter at fangirlpodcast. I'm on Twitter, at Renee. And I'm at booksmugglers. And as always, space bees... Thanks for listening. See you next episode. Bye.